glory, glory. Welcome, guys. God bless you. Welcome back. It's good to be here in the fresh glory. God is good. Jesus is on the throne. He wants to form himself inside your hearts. We need to make room for the glory. And we do that by staying humble and teachable and open to things that might be out of our comfort zones, things that are out of our culture, things that are out of our mindsets. Listen, the Bible says, if I'm out of my mind, it is for Christ. So therefore, to serve Christ, you have to be out of the human mind, not insane, not mental illness, none of that bipolar schizophrenia nonsense, no, but out of the human thought life to begin the divine thought life. That progress is God sanctifying you. I want to talk real quickly about three ways from Proverbs chapter 30. Verse 19, the way of an eagle in the heavens, the way of a serpent on a rock, and the way of a ship in the middle of a sea, it is written. There's three ways here written in Proverbs 30 verse 19. The way of the eagle in the air, that's someone sanctified living in the glory of the Garden of Eden. The eagle represents Jesus the prophet. The way of a serpent on a rock is the person who lives on the earth. That's the serpent nature known as the human nature on the rock of the earth. That's a, an Edomite, someone fully submitted to Esau who's rejected the eagle, the prophetic word, and the heavens, which is the inheritance of the upright, so that you have that way of damnation, that wide path of destruction, which is the way of the serpent on a rock, and that is the earthly way. Then you have the way of a man in the middle of the sea, uh, the, the way of a ship in the middle of the sea. What is the way of the ship? This is the apostleship called sanctification in the middle of the sea. It represents going up from glory to glory, making an effort out of the serpent and the rock, out of the earthly, earthly and the human, and getting on a ship and going up the sea, as it's written, the sapphire sea, the crystal sea before his throne. So that is where all of you are at. You are on a ship. This is an apostleship. You are on the ship and you are in the way of the ship flying as eagles in upward circular motions, which is going up in the ship into the heavens every day when you hear and obey the word of God. A lot of people start out and they say, it's too overwhelming, it's too much, my human nature overrides everything I want to do in Christ. Woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. I do the things I do not want to do. Romans 7 leads to Romans 8. Stay in the ship, buckwheat. You know, we might be swash bucklers and we might be scallywags and we might be just mopping the decks but at least you're on the ship which means you're embracing somewhat listening to sanctification that's where most infants in Christ begin even the greatest prophets of the entire universe took decades to sanctify hello decades every single person starts out a complete mess with no exception except Jesus Christ so you join the club, you just got to stay in the club. And we got to stay in the ship. We got to stay in the sea. We got to stay in the way. And you too, every single one of you, will learn to soar and mount on wings as eagles and fly in the heavenlies. You will grow your wings in the Tiferet. 
You will grow your wings in the heavens as you receive progressively divine revelation directly from Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> Glory. Isn't that cool? Three ways. Proverbs 30, 19. something that takes a little getting used to the higher up you go the more glory you walk in sometimes people tend to freak out in the glory a little bit so it's good to get some wisdom as you're going up we've had so many people as they increase in the glory freak out when the glory increases the fire increase and they say what's wrong what's happening to me i think i'm under attack <laughs> and it's good to get the wisdom to understand when you're actually under an attack because that's when you need to take up the shield and the sword and band together against the enemy. But when it's God, you're not going to get very far. <laughs> if there's one thing that I wish that I had known sooner, uh, I learned this in the, you know, in the drunken glory. This is what I this is what I learned from you know RLM TV back then was I eventually got to learn about recognizing the fire because when the fire is burning up your sin nature it kind of feels like you're under attack uh, it's very intense it can be very intense especially when it's a big increase of fire and God gives us what we can handle but sometimes we think it's more than we can handle <laughs> and so we've had other people event you know they feel like I'm under attack and it's actually just God burning you up and if there was one thing I could go back to my past self, then just starting out, I would say learn to rest in the fire because, you know, put on some good music, engage in Torah, or just like watch a good movie, have some popcorn, chat with a friend, just chill out in the fire. The worst thing that you can do when you're burning up in the glory fire, and because you could feel like your mind is kind of going crazy because you're getting the crazy burnt out of you which is the demonic realm. And so you may feel some of those things. The worst thing you can do at that time is to get into your head and start like worrying about whatever is going on. It doesn't bear good fruit. So just try to notice the fruit. Do you feel the fruit of resting in the fire? Or is it an actual demonic attack and you need to take action a lot of that comes with experience but when you're around experienced warriors it can help you and you'll need sometimes you're gonna need help because in the areas you know you could be a great seer you could be a great hearer you could be the greatest smeller prophet of all time yeah, like you have the cosmic jewish nose of all noses mm. you can you can smell the attack coming light years away like <laughs> You know what's what. When you smell it, you know it. And, you know, when it comes to your own things that you have really strong emotions about, right? That is where we tend to lack clarity. So you could help everybody and anybody. You could be just used to communicating with God 24-7 day and night about what flavor is going of ice cream will be on the dessert menu and it's correct and you see the vision of it. I mean, we do stuff like that, down to the little things. But then when it comes to something personal, 
all of a sudden we don't know, we can't hear, can't see, mm. and the smell, I don't even know what I smell anymore. Why is that? It's always harder when it comes to your personal things that you have emotions attached to because that's just how it is. That's the test. And so I know it's not always fun, uh, but it should be a lot more fun that I think a lot of people are having. So we can always have a lot more fun in the glory. So if you're getting burned up in the fire, rest in the fire, trust the fire, grow in trust of the fire by sacrificing those emotional things, you know, oh, this is what I want. And just put it in the fire and just wait on the Lord and he'll make all things clear in his appointed time as we continue to pass the test. The pain that we feel when we're being burnt in the continuous, ever-increasing baptism of fire is the dying of our pride. That's all it is. The discomfort, the pain, why people resist the Spirit, quench the Spirit, grieve the Spirit, all of it is clinging to the human and resisting the divine. The divine is fire. God is fire. That's Deuteronomy 4.24. Our God is an all-consuming fire, it is written. So that fire is dealing with the human being. You need to understand human and demonic are the exact same thing. Where a person will have tremendous pride as they say, the human is different than the demonic. But there is no difference in God's eyes. All the human nature is entirely demonic. The divine nature, the Christian nature, Christ in you, uh, it's Colossians 2.10, the fullness of deity in bodily form indwells you currently, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is written, Colossians 2.10. So that divine nature is what you're in agreement with, with the fire. Now, every animal that's ever been slaughtered in the temple sacrifice of the Levit Levitical law said, okay, no problem, I'll lay down on the has altar. Has freaked out, <laughs> has totally gone nuts. I'm gonna die. Listen, the human being is the ultimate animal called the beast of Revelation. We think the beast is a microchip and we got the schizophrenia paranoia about guillotines and the Antichrist. No, the beast is the human being. You've already had the mark of the beast from birth because it's the mark of a human being. Once you understand the human being is totally and completely 100% thoroughly demonic, you have no problem sacrificing the beast. But the Bible says most believers, because of a lack of teaching and a lack of understanding God's ways, will cling to the beast. They'll follow the beast, which is the human nature. They'll add divinity to the beast, and the beast will trample the holy place. What's the holy place? The spirit. We're talking about carnal Christianity, Laodicea Christianity, a person whose Christianity is in the human brain. Guys, that's as demonic as it gets, all right? Now, that's what you are at war against. And if you can recognize and understand that war, the baptism of fire becomes your best friend. The spirit of burning shall be upon him. And the Bible says, well, who can stand it? Well, everyone that loves God can stand it. Everyone that loves being a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to him, loves the fire and hates the beast. We have loved him and hated the sinful nature. There has never been a disciple in the history of the world that loved the human nature. You cannot be a disciple and love the human being, for the human being is the burnt offering. Now, within the human being like a phoenix, you know the Jesus fish, right? 
You know what was more popular than a fish in the first century Christianity? The phoenix. The phoenix was one of the most common symbols for Christianity in first century apostolic glory Christianity. You know, the chicken dragon. (laughs) (laughs) And it represents the person rising from the ashes. You know how a phoenix is. Well, that's the spirit born again part of you rising in Christ. That's the part of you getting fathered. That's the part of you that loves the fire. I make that part of you flames of fire. Now, the other part of you, it gets the overflow. You can grow so much in Christ that even your flesh enjoys the fire. Oh, hey, speaking of which, uh, we were talking about uh, Ruah and the holy place and the trampling in the holy place. Uh, for your spiritual supernal location, remember holy place, that is uh, the Tiferet, the Zer Anpin, from Hesed through Yasad. So that fire rose, the Bob. Uh, that's the big Tiferet, right? And the Tiferet is, you know, the sun, but it is in the form of Zer Anpin. You're considering all of them together as one, as they should be. Once you conquer all of them, they become one. That's when it kind of really blooms. It starts to bloom in Tiferet. But the flesh enjoying as you sacrifice, uh, and you get into the holy place, uh, which is really wonderful. Like, I was just experiencing this. I've been indoors for like pretty much every day, right? We've been in, I've yeah, been indoors. You've been a hermit been since we've been in Miami. <laughs> I think you've gone out once. Yeah. It's, the glory was so strong. When we first came here, I was like falling over. The glory was so strong. It was falling on me that I could not like, I couldn't even make a, uh, like a hard like a cup of tea without almost like falling over. Like, am I going to make it, you know? <laughs> and uh, so it was really terrifying and fun. I think that was the first night or second night here. The fire was so strong. Uh, I had never seen you like that before. And you were saying it's the strongest fire. And it was the father that you were encountering. The father's fire. You know, it's really cool because I have so many dreams and confirmations about so much stuff that's going on. It's just the father's fire and it's really great. And so, yeah, and confirmations from our apostle Shadrach on something. So that's really exciting. But... Uh, the, the, like your flesh, like I've not been outside and then I'm in like touching my skin today after going to Tiferet and you know how your skin, when you go in the sun and it leaves a mark after you touch your skin, like that doesn't, okay. You got the glory burn. I got the glory burn. Yeah. Of Tiferet. And so, man, I was like, we were baking in the sun. And, uh, so I was just like, what is going on, man? It's fun. We had interns, uh, 2009 oh, yeah. or so. As I was teaching them the scriptures, they're burnt, sunburnt, head to toes, mm-hmm. under their clothes in the living room of I'll tell Joel's you why bar. they got sunburnt. It's because <laughs> the sun was mad at them. If you, if, if Tiferet, they, they, in the uh, Kabbalah, they call him uh, the short-tempered one. Mm-hmm. Like out of the out of the uh, the Godhead, they call that that manifestation of God the short-tempered one. Zayr Anpin. So that's why uh, Yetzira, all those layers, deals with the emotions. Right, and so there's this quality of God that he, there are certain things he never uses in anger. You have to get that formed in you to walk in a greater power. And it requires, you know, you go through many layers of Yetzirah to establish that. But he was not happy with those people. They got burnt the crap out of you. Like, I know people chilling in Tiferet, it's normal for this kind of thing to happen. It's like a nice, gentle, warm touch. Like, oh, so nice. Like a hug. Like, you know, so nice. In their lives, it was the greatest sign and wonder either of them have ever experienced from heaven their entire lives. If Tiferet burns you, it's probably time to repent. (laughs) 
pissed him off. It's actually quite a common <laughs> sign and wonder in the glory stream is that people get the glory burn. That's funny. That they get sunburnt indoors. That's hilarious. Yeah, we've seen it many times. Oh, also noticing too, like about the animal trampling the holy place. We talk about the holy place being the Zir Anpin. Uh, basically, you start to enter that. Uh, right, it's been so. I'm trying to remember my charts here, but when you kind of step into that, when you go through that other veil, you go through that first kind of veil, you go cosmic, and then you start to enter into the holy place. And that's your, like, you know, you begin your priesthood work there. Uh, but those. Uh, those six, the Zer Anpin, those are the these, when Aaron said, these are your gods, O Israel. So it's essentially it's the golden calf sin. What makes it different than a golden calf sin? Just by going up into these, you know, Zer Anpin, six, Bob, uh, fire rose, Tiferet. What keeps that from being your uh, golden calf? By not idolatrizing your Ruah as God. So when you serve your own Ruah as your own God, that's the idolatry. Or if you go up and all of a sudden now it's your Tiferet thing, like it's your Kabbalah, your like Sapphire Stones. You know, it's the taking those away from the Godhead, like a separating aspects and gifts and things from God, from God and using them for self. And the manifestations of that kind of idolatry can be all over the place and different manifestations of it. But that's essentially what it is. So how the fear of the Lord when you go up, it's not like... You can't just go up and swipe it, you know, it's just swipe or no swiping. You just can't do it. It doesn't work. It's an illusion of doing that. If you start doing that, God will let you think you're actually doing it. You just end up in the clipping. Like, oh, these are mine, mine. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm like Gollum hunched over Isn't in, it in the what black keeps us safe in, in God's presence is that continuous sacrifice of mm -hmm. ourselves to the fire. That's the safest place to be is burning as a burnt offering for him with your whole human nature off of what the fire, which is the person of the Holy Spirit, really wants to do with your life. If you are staying in that sanctification, you're in that way of the ship in the middle of the sea. That's the narrow way. If you are refusing the fire to burn off the selfishness, the, the pride, the greed, you know, the self-promotion, all these things, especially your unrighteous judgment, your judgment towards those more spiritual. To, right. To, like this the, is one of the yeah. biggest ones that I notice hits everyone when they encounter apostles of God's glory is all of a sudden they want to build themselves up. They start marketing themselves. They start competing. They start doing all these things. The, that's the worst reaction a human being could ever do. Now you've made God your enemy. Listen, these men and women are consecrated messengers who have allowed so much sanctification in order to steward the glory of God. The best thing you could do is humble yourself and get under the ministers of the glory of God, under the path, under the way, on the ship, and become servants. Mm -hmm. Right, Amen. it's because this is a canopy of light. It's to enhance and increase your light. And so understand, when it's the true apostolic cosmic, it increases and enhances your light. Right, there's... The way God uh, puts the stars in the sky, there's a little separation there so that you can appreciate each one for its own light. So even if you have like only a measure of light compared to other lights, that separation, the set-apartness he has allows your light to be seen for how bright and beautiful it is. Uh, like there are certain stars that even though they're not as bright as other stars, they have a lot of power. They pack a lot of power because a lot of their light is invisible. 
So oh, there's the angel manifesting there. Yeah, come on, we're gonna get into it. Yeah, he likes that. Yeah, you, I know you pack a punch too. <laughs> like this angel right here, he packs a punch. You're like, you might not see me sparkling in here every night, but I'm here, I pack a punch. Demons better watch out. I know. Amen. I know, that's right. So we have just the greatest angels. We got all the smart angels, Satan got all the dumb ones that followed him. That's so. true. <laughs> so, you know, if people really want to go serve Satan, you know, pray for them, uh, but don't grieve too hard, you know. Mm -hmm. Don't grieve too hard. Don't let them break They're your heart. They're choosing the devil. We don't yeah. grieve for that. No. So, but understand, those some stars, <laughs> they are so powerful. Their light is mainly invisible. So they have much more fervent heat and power, but they're not as bright. So, you know, a bright star might catch everyone's attention. Like, you know, Venus, the bright morning star, the evening star, and the morning star. Right? I used to watch stars uh, on my patio as a kid growing up. And I would always look to the sky to see which one would come out first. Like, when are the first stars coming out? Or in the morning? What's the, you know, what is the last remaining star in the sky? And you'll find that there's a lot of things about Venus as the morning and evening star. But it always stood out to me, especially in the evening. It was really special. You know, obviously we know it's a planet, uh, but the luminaries, yeah, Netza. And so, yeah, it's just really beautiful. So not every star is gonna catch your eye like Netza, like in the night. And then, I mean, then there's the moon. What can compare to the moon at night? You know, the stars are beautiful, but they're more like adornments for the moon. It's almost like the sky is her garment and it's full of stars. And that represents the bride as well. So you wanna be standing on the moon clothed in the sun, but she's also what? Clothed in the stars, a train of stars, a starry night garment. And man, this lime is really strong tonight. I know green was the highlight for nowhere today. And then we have our little uh, sparkling water with lime. I took a sit. It was just like, well, like I've never tasted. It was just all on the top. I didn't mix it up. A strong lime flavor before. Yeah. Acid is the type of fire, so it's a baptism of fire. I'm finally getting my citrus juice baptism, but it's not making me bitter. It's actually yeah, kind of baptized sweet. in lime juice. Lime juice baptism. Joy test. Joy test. <laughs> it's good. I feel really happy. I think you're really happy. So I hope you guys are receiving it. Well, I'm not really very happy. You know, if that's you, just have, just take a little sip. Oh, of the up. fire make you happy. Oh, yes. the fire is so joyful. Yeah. You can dance in the fire. There's freedom in the fire. <laughs> oh, from glory to glorious, from fire to fire, ever increasing burning. Our Father is the burning one, and Mount Zion is a mountain of Holy Spirit burning. As long as we remain the sacrifice, we remain in covenant to Jesus Christ. As soon as we get off the altar, we put down the cross and we say we no longer need the baptism of fire. We or, no longer need the lime juice baptism. <laughs> I've already had the baptism of fire, some people say, or I was a part of this movement, that movement in the past. No, today's fresh fire is today's salvation. Why? Because the Bible always calls salvation today. The things in the past are only beneficial if you're more reliant on the fire today. Otherwise, you could have the greatest history with God in the past. But if you're nothing today, Jesus Christ said, if you turn back, you're not worthy of me. Then all of that becomes rubbish. You don't even get rewards for it. So you have to finish strong. Author and finisher of our faith. Now, what is our faith? It's the development of the inner man in the nature of the Father's fire. And if you want to know more about the finisher part, you can go watch the Overcoming Jezebel snippet where he says finisher. 
And it's basically Mortal Kombat versus Jezebel. You know, rip your spine out, ministry. <laughs> rip your spine out, ministries. So you can get into that. Now I saved I saved this for you guys. I was studying as we're always studying in the glory. I love the oral tradition of Moses. There's so many just gems in there. So many gems. I had to save this one for you guys. Because I believe let this, you know, this will become your testimony. This is literally from the oral tradition of Moses. And this is what the, these like uh, people who are studying uh, studying the oral tradition said. The way of mortals has been obliterated from our memory, and everything we've seen on this mountain is astounding. <laughs> the way of mortals has been obliterated from our memory, and everything we've seen on this mountain is astounding. Isn't that the cosmic ascension? Mm, amen. <laughs> so true. The more you're with the angels, the less human you get. You get enculturated above. That is staying on the ship and going through the sea. That's where God needs you and me. Right, and part of that training is folding your laundry and putting it away. Amen. I'm praying for you. You right here watching at home. Yeah. Praying for you. Praying for you. <laughs> I have all my laundry put away. <laughs> my garments are in order. Amen. Well, the way of mortals has been obliterated from our memory. Everything we've seen on this mountain is astounding. I mean, that's true. Yeah, I was just hearing from one of the ladies today, just remembering her first time on the moon, that moon float, that glory experience of the moon. It's just like, it's amazing. It's astounding, isn't it? And just when you think you know glory, you go to another level of glory and you 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 uh, deal with and you struggle with whatever you have to wrestle out of your nature a little bit and then bam off comes the foreskin bam off comes the membrane and you go to the next degree of glory and there are more astounding things revelations visions yet unseen encounters with god It'll change your life forever that you could never encounter in the earth. He's known within the palaces, it is written. What are the palaces? Those are those supernal interior mansions of Enoch, the generations of Enoch. And so God, Jesus Christ, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, he's known. He is one God and he's known within these palaces. So as much as you get to know him in one little palace on Malkut, Earth Christianity, even if it's a process of sanctification, you might really get to know him in that room. There's so many more infinite rooms and levels of mansions to know him. <laughs> you start to let go of the other ways you may have been comfortable with knowing him a certain way and then he gets you more accustomed to knowing him in a greater way <laughs> which is always a sacrifice of what we think he is <laughs> he's great he's literally the best thing that ever happened in your life because he's God.
He's holy. He's wonderful. He's compassionate. He's got great judgments. And he's got a bright hope, a great plan, and a future for your life. So we just let go of what we think we know about God so we can go on to the next level. That's right. Bob Jones said that the greatest idol that we have as believers is our, our ideas of how God is going to do it. Usually, our ideas of how we're going to help God do it, and it's in our ways and our thoughts. we got to sacrifice that first oh and foremost. The, the, the key is understanding <laughs> the wisdom of the Levites, where they had to stand in front of the ark, actually sit in front of the ark for seven days. If they got up to do any works, they were disqualified from the Levitical priesthood and sent home to do something else. You ever try that with your kids at home? <laughs> How long does it last? <laughs> God doesn't allow human ways to serve him. He didn't allow it in the Old Testament. He certainly does not allow it in the perfect covenant of Jesus Christ. But we don't really have much else nowadays. I mean, we're mostly on this serpent rock. The way of the serpent on the rock, guys, is also earthly Christianity. Don't just say that's the occult and don't say that's just the witch and the warlock and the Luciferian practicing Clippeth, Antichrist, false Kabbalah. That's all human religion combined is the serpent on the rock. Mm -hmm. So he was lifted up as what? A serpent on a rock. Right. So another layer. Destroy it all. Yeah. So another layer of interpretation that, you know, we look through all the layers of interpretation is the serpent and the rock also represents Moses and Shekinah. And that relationship, again, what did Jesus do? Well, everyone's cursed who hangs on a tree. So what is that tree? What do you mean carry your cross? Get on the cross with Jesus. It's a snake him. pole. Yeah, so come it's on, little snake. It's a serpent snake. pole. Get on the pole, little snake. It's a symbol <laughs> of medicine. <laughs> so we need he it. became a curse. So that this tree could be a blessing, which is to know him in the palaces. Know him in the palaces, carry your cross, follow him. Uh, snake on a rock. Well, types and shadows of the Clippeth, they have their thing going on. And if you're wanting brain knowledge so that you, or manipulative power to get your way in this world or with other people, then that's what it's going to be for you when you go to the Clippeth, you go to the shadows. You go to the foreskins. But if you know, if you have a pure intention and a pure heart, you'll know the snake and the rock as Moses and Shekinah. But hopefully you don't make Moses' mistake. He made a, mis a little mistake there, which cost him a, a big thing. But, you know, Moses, he's still faithful, faithful in all God's house and greatly beloved and greatly rewarded in heaven. And he's like Kabbalah master of the eternities and stuff like that in heaven and so, well, there's you, hope for if you. If you have a serpent on a rock that wants to resist the cross but still ascend into the heavens, <laughs> what's a flying serpent? The red dragon. So, you have the eagle in the heavens here, Proverbs 30, verse 19. This, the, the serpent on the rock, a human being that desires divinity, is the building of the Tower of Babel. That's the satanic nature. Satan's... Many of them have wings. Many of them fly, as it's written in Ephesians chapter 6. Principalities, powers, thrones, many spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. We know from Enoch 
Those that were of the heavens remain in the heavens. So half the demons fly. Half yeah. the demons are in the heavens. And those 70, I want to talk about those 70. Those uh, 70 flying winged serpents that are flames of fire of a false keter crown. Imagine stones of flames of fire. Like they go like this, like the carbuncle stones, like sh 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 like around the circle and circle about, right? Because that encircled about, crowned in the, uh, it's a double-edged sword. So dividing the word of God, it's either the bulls of Bashan kind of encircling or the enemies circle round about you or the keter, the circlet, the, the golden crown, you know, the holy things of God. And there there's, you know, the two different kingdoms. So what happens is you'll see the 70 nations of Babylon, that false building of a building your own thing, building a human thing, mm -hmm. which like you said is demonic. It's overlorded by those 70 flames. And those are 70 tongues of 70 nations, fallen nations of Babel. What they are is they're the shadow of, or they try to imitate and copy off of in a perverted way. Gods, there's like these 70 names or tongues of God's holy names that are flames of fire of Keter in the heavens over his holy mountain, his holy tower of David. And the one that rises above all of that is, in fact, the very language and the very tongue that the Archangel Gabriel imparted to Joseph, which is the Lashan HaKadosh, which is the holy tongue. You must have the holy tongue to rule and reign, not only in God's kingdom, or to, to grow in authority in God's kingdom, but that's the only tongue that can rule over those 70 nations. Yeah, the circumcision of the mouth, <laughs> the tongue, the rudder of the ship. Listen, you've heard of circumcision of the heart. It's equally as important as you get your mouth circumcised. This thing will steer you into hell or heaven. You save that for your next family debate and argument. Y'all need to circumcise your mouth. That's what you need to pray at the dinner table. Circumcise our mouth, Holy Spirit. Loose the angels with the fiery sword upon this table of eaters and, and cut the devil out of our mouths. <laughs> Loose. <laughs> Dinner turns into the deliverance service in a right. snake pit. And there goes the slime ball in the mom's casserole. The Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, it's worth it. Costly. Sometimes hey, it's deliverance costly. is better, better than dinner. That's right. So sometimes things are costly. Don't get mad about, you know, some things, some things might get broken. <laughs> some things might get messed up. You might throw things, they might, whatever, you know. It's always a little it messy. It's it really always is. a little messy, yeah. So just have a lot of grace and the expectation of glory. Not the expectation of a perfect kitchen. Not the... <laughs> the expectation of glory. <laughs> glory, glory. <laughs> calls it an animal sacrifice so he so you know what to expect blood and guts and billows of smoke burning flesh burning <laughs> the burning flesh. of the feeling you listen you try to burn human beings feelings and emotions you'll see what's inside everyone Nasty. and it's all of hell cool. listen pride is all of hell humility which is christ crucified through the nefesh that's in the blood it's heaven God is only trying through Christ crucified to fill you with heaven. All you got to do is allow the soul that is in the blood to receive it. And it really does crucify it. It really does burn it. The types and shadows of the animal sacrifice are not even 1% of the symbolic meaning of the realities we have right now in burning the beast of the human being.
It is so much more thorough. It is so much more perfect. When you begin to recognize that your soul, your mind, will, and emotions that you have in your blood is the burnt offering, you can begin to pick up your cross and follow him. The demonic temptation is less. It'll still be there. But as long as you know what the sacrifice is, you and me and our souls and our blood, you can make it because you can burn anything. Today I'm engaging in scripture. I, it's required of me and I have to. I need to. Without daily bread, I'm dead. So you go to the scriptures to annihilate all the world and sin and human influence in the atmosphere, in the elements, in yourself, maybe the grogginess of sleep. You know, there's a million things going on here in this world. You're in the world, but to come out of it every day is a sanctification and holiness that requires an engagement in the scriptures. Check this out. front of the TV <laughs> as I'm reading the scriptures when I got up this morning, this feather fell. Yeah, I woke up in a blaze <laughs> of glory today too. It was a really strong day. All right. <laughs> I didn't even try to eat that one. I just let it go. Yeah. It's on the floor now. I don't want to eat it. it. It's stuck it's still? into my leg. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's right it. On my... your left leg there. My... <laughs> we'll put it in my head. Put it on HUD. <laughs> it's awesome, man. I love the signs and wonders. So, you know, coming to Miami, that we've already had significant atmospheric signs, signs and wonders. We had 67 mile per hour winds. Yeah, right there was like a demon. They tried to roll up on us in a demon chariot on an actual tornado <laughs> outside. And I was like, Listen, I thought it was close. windy and clear water. It was, but it was like 30s and 40s, consistently windy there. We get here, and it's like confronting this principality in Miami, so and it was 67 miles per hour right on our porch. And we got those jerks over in the UK who were a Stonehenge trying to, like, do their, like, they're supposed, they're supposed to be professional witches, but... We broke through all that in like, perfect peace. Yeah. That was like two two or three days ago. I can't now. even remember. All the days just kind of flow <laughs> into one. I don't even know how. It feels like an eternity since we've been here. Man, but everything felt so clear and crisp and clean today. Yeah. And it, it's all because of progress. Increase of glory. In Jesus. Listen, he's drawing us. What is written in Jeremiah? He says, the heart is wicked beyond knowing, but later on he says, with my everlasting love I have drawn you. You go from the realization of the wickedness of the human heart, the beginning of Jeremiah, to by my love I have drawn you, the end of Jeremiah. So it is the gospel. It is the realization of our depravity and our sin and our fallenness, and then letting the Holy Ghost and the holy angels deal with it by receiving his word. In the correction, which means the change of action and the change of thought life, the change of everything. And now we're drawn to him. We're rising to him. We're going to him. And it is through the fire. No one has ever ascended to God except through fire. So rung to rung is just an ever-increasing fire, which means more of you is allowed to be burned before his altar. You could call the sapphire stones the altar before his throne. What have you laid on the altar of the earth? Because it begins right where you're at right now. Make it practical. 
This isn't future tense when you're out of preschool and you can speak wisdom and you're a mature Christian. This begins now. That today, means stop tripping out about your family. Today is the day of salvation and in hearing the word of God, how do I apply this to myself now? What are the things the Holy Spirit is requiring of me today to change in my actions and in my thoughts? Am I going to begin engaging in the word? The Holy Spirit has been impressing upon your heart things that you should do, things you need to get rid of, unholy relationships, lust, pride, different character qualities that you know about yourself do not please the Holy Spirit. And you begin to allow the Word and the Spirit of God, the blood of God and the living water of God to change that inside you into a different creature. What is written? You are the clay, I am the master potter. Now God is forming us into a vessel that he can receive crystal clear living water from. You still have flesh, you'll still have blood, you'll still have bones. The issue is your thoughts and your ways are repented, which means the clay is formed into a vessel that his river can run all the way through and the Father can receive through your bodies his perfect Holy Spirit back to himself, the circle of the river of life. That's all he desires to do is run himself all the way through you, all the way up back to himself. We're created to be priests. What is a priest? It is a, a conduit of God. Now our job is to allow all that we are to conduct, which is all of him, nothing less, all of him through all of us, back to him, with no mixture of the human being at all. Those mixtures are the parts where we have not received fire. Fire. <laughs> Those are the parts we really need the Holy Spirit to convict us right now of more of you, Holy Spirit, and less of us. And here's the thing. No man and no woman can know their own heart. The best thing you have going for you is knowing that the human heart is wicked beyond right. knowing. Knowing that you don't know, and now you're starting somewhere. Right. Because <laughs> then at least you're open to listening. If you're right. not opening to listening, you can't grow, you can't sacrifice. Yeah. God likes honesty. Stubbornness is as the sin of sorcery. Yeah. Rebellion is as witchcraft. Samuel, it is written. That stubborn sorcery, that stubbornness that says, I already know, I, you know, I've heard that before. Listen, man, you don't know. You're clay. You're a, you're a burnt offering. The beast is not revelatory. You don't get revelation for the beast. You don't get divinity for the beast. You don't get any kind of apostolic teaching for the beast. The beast gets burnt dead, burnt crispy, dead every day. And what happens is the new creature in Christ comes right forth in a fresh resurrection outpouring daily. What is written? I die daily. Not once when I first believed I chose the cross 25 years ago at a Billy Graham meeting. No, I die daily. Today is the day that I die on the cross. Therefore, from that crucifixion comes a fresh resurrection. We need the fresh resurrection glory mm -hmm. every day. Otherwise, we're really not walking with right. it. Otherwise, you're just trying to resurrect without dying to self. And that's just really sad. It's not It's not good. It's not going to work out. It, there's a process. They try to add divine wings to the serpent. Right, and then, that's that's, they, then you're yeah. flapping around the clippeth. Let me edit it. <laughs> no, and we all do no, it too until you learn that that doesn't yeah, work. That's doesn't not work. God. No. 
But hopefully you do learn that and then you repent back to, you know, Malkut and then you can do what you're supposed to do, which is repent. I like the attitude of Enoch. He says, I want to learn everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> Archangel Michael's talking to Enoch in first Enoch and he's like, what do you want to learn? And Enoch says, Michael, I want to learn everything. everything. And you know what? Michael immediately began to teach him everything. We need to have that attitude. I, I'm here to learn about everything. Everything about the way of the serpent on the rock, the human nature, in that understanding, I don't want to learn that anymore. I'm done with the human sinful nature. That doesn't produce the life that pleases God. I want to learn the divine nature. I want to learn the way of the eagle in the heavens. Set your hearts on learning the way of the eagle in the heavens. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3 says, The way of the eagle is the way of the righteousness like that rises ever brighter to the full dawn of day. Like, like And Song of Songs, like eagles, like aloe ascending. Mm -hmm. The way of ascension is the way of the eagle. The eagle is the prophetic word. That's also 2 Peter 1.19. And we too must pay closer attention to the prophetic word as a sure and reliable source until day dawns and the morning star rises in our hearts. Amen. Yeah. You start to learn as a gatherer of the stones. Like David, he had wisdom. How do you know he had wisdom? He gathered stones. He gathered five stones. He had wisdom to gather them. You know, he might have just launched one and that's all he needed to knock him out. And I know exactly which stone that was. But his wisdom was to gather to gather them, right? It's not this separation. Why does God separate his attributes of himself into those individual stones, mm -hmm. right? So what is the sephirot? Well, sephir means book, but the each, each stone, it's called a sapphira. So each one has that word of God written on it. And I posted this online. Uh, this is a sign and wonder in the earth. They're just coming out with these uh, necklaces that has a gemstone and it goes through the it has an eternity loop it goes through which looks like a snake right the snake sign and then it has the gemstone and that little gemstone using this uh, modern technology incredible technology has every word of the entire bible written on it it's a tiny little gemstone <laughs> and so essentially and it was green right i think the one i the one i saw anyway the first one was green and it almost reminded me of like a greenish blue. And that kind of comes back to the Tekelet. You know, you're looking at the horizon of the waters and you can see the difference between green and blue. In the morning when it rises, a true Kabbalist should understand the first uh, ability to notice the difference between uh, black and blue and then white. And so those kinds of things as measurements of glory, those measurements of Kabbalah. When you're looking at that stone, they have all the words of the entire Bible written on it, like engraved in it. Microscopic font. And so it blows people's mind that it was like the shock reaction to that post. I thought it was kind of funny. It was like, yeah, it's kind of shocking, isn't it? Because it's actually a symbol of reality. If a man can do that, it was just a machine. How much more God in the heavens with living stones? Mm, that's a good point. So 
with angel technology, which is far the, more advanced. The, the Bible on stones. And it's all in there, <laughs> but it's accessed through angel technology. But each one is called a sapphira. So every one, so one sapphira is not just one separate from another. They're actually all one. They're a had. They're one. Sephirot. What does that mean? Each sapphira, it's one sapphira. That means Keter is what? When you get to Keter, what do you realize? All that world you just did and the individual parts, it's one. And you realize that God is one. He is love and he is justice. He's uh, merciful and compassionate and he's a just and holy God. He's pure and he's righteous. He has love and he has judgment. And that it's his nature, the many facets of his gemstone crystal chaya of wisdom. And so you start to learn that when you get towards the world of absolute, you get a better perspective of his crystal chaya palace, which is beautiful and glorious and wonderful and perfect, literally perfect. And his dividing of the word of God is perfect. That's why those who are led by the spirit of God are not bound to the law of sin and death because God does whatever he wants all the time and it's law. That's the law of love. God gets to do whatever he wants and it sometimes it breaks the demon's rules. They have a rule book, black and white, and they kill people with it. You broke this one rule, you broke the whole thing, we kill you. And that's religion. And that's rebellion, punishment for rebellion and, and punishment in religion. And so people try to obey the Bible out of fear because they're in the clippeth. But when you know God, you yada him. He's yada where? Within the palaces. When you know him through circumcision, you love him, so you you want to obey him out of love for him. You live inside the light of the letter. Yep. And so when God gives the impulse of instruction, and he told King David to go eat the bread off the table of Shekinah, normally that would be penalized by death. So why didn't David die when he did it? God told him to go do it. God liked it. Jesus quoted that. Yeah. Rebuking the Pharisees. Yeah. They're like, you know, they're over there weeping and gnashing. You can't do that, you know. Well, that's the thing. They, that, that <laughs> Satan hates God so much because God can do whatever he wants. Satan wanted to have what God had. So, But when Satan did it, it's sin. When Satan and his fallen angels do it, it's sin. But when God has what he has, it's not sin. God is super mega rich. Do you think he has greed? No. But it's all his. He's balling out of control in the heavenly sphere. Just like, yeah, mountains of, you know, 24 karat gold. That's just the pavement, by the way. He's Bezos a rich guy. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, when, when, God, when God does something, it's always perfect. And he's always loved because he's literally perfect. Nothing he does is ever wrong. When Satan just, you know, just... You know, we're going to try. He's and... never in the light of yeah, the letter. That's he... why he just goes by like the law of the letter. And so his interpretation is always devoid of the light mm -hmm. of the intention of the word. Right. That's why the Pharisees interpretation of scripture mm -hmm. was so different than the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Theirs was in Satan and his was in God, the father. So Satan tries to amass wealth for himself and he's a greedy murderer. You know, he does all this stuff. Now, God will put to death fallen angels and wicked people. Is God a murderer? No, he's literally perfect. And so they hate him because of who he is and everything he does is perfect. If God says it, it's law. If he changes his mind, does something else, he can do it. Why? He's God. It's his. He can. Yeah. 
And he's perfect. I like when he does it. Yeah, and it's funny because they're like, well, that's not what's written. And then they're just like, who cares? Like, I'm God. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> and he always has everyone's best interest in mind in everything he does. He's literally it's perfect. good. That's, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what makes him so mad is the sons of God walking in the freedom of God. Because if you're led by the impulse of the Holy Spirit, the angels waiting there to condemn you, they can't condemn you. No, God literally moved you here. If God wants to give you great wealth, like what was that prophecy? Kim Clement. Oh, yeah. Millionaires and billionaires, those who have been what, astute and what in finances? What was it? Astute and something else? I had to pull out my Google. Prudent. Question. Prudent. Yes, prudent and serpent wisdom, right? You got to have the serpent wisdom. So you have to, you got to know the real serpent way of Christ, which is the cross, which is Christ the serpent on the Sapphira rock of the Sephirot or the wannabe Kabbalists in the serpent nature of Satan on their slime rocks of stolen anointing, which is like black putrid with some glitter. And that's it demonic anointing and feces ministries get out of here <laughs> and wisdom knows it's all a sacrifice to something so i mean it's not like people are down here saying they're godless you're all serving gods no matter what you're doing yep. the issue is serve jesus as god only in his ways in the protocol of his holy angels which is within his kingdom and then you'll be totally transformed into heavenly creatures. But the, it's your mixture with those other gods that keep people confused. Where they'll be around for years and there's zero transformation. Right, it's like, I thought I tried to follow the rules. You know, and then, no, uh, you're still attached to like 10 other yeah. altars of 10 other gods, dude. That's why you're still Right, like mess. some of you need to disconnect from Black Saturn before you try to ascend. Because your soul piece fragments might be held on an altar there. And also, this is a word for you. Uh, some of you... Your star must come out from captivity, right? When I first found my star, it was like held captive atop of a, like, it looked like a Mayan pyramid, Egyptian pyramid at the, the bottom of hell that goes all the way up to the top of their whatever false kingdom, 33 steps of light, a Luciferian false light. They were using my star for wicked Kabbalah, and I was just, my soul was in fragments everywhere. I didn't know what was going this on. This is why they want everyone in bondage, mm -hmm. because they use the irrevocable gifts of mm -hmm. everyone in bondage <coughs> in those mountains of Esau for the fallen angels' purposes. Yeah. Let it be no more. So, let your star be loose from captivity in Jesus' Bam. name. Bam! Let's <laughs> go ahead and use that. Yet, Sarah, bam. Amen. Be set free. Set free the luminaries. Your luminary be set free in Jesus' name. Let the blood of Jesus loose your luminary from all satanic bondage in the heavens and the earth or under the earth by the righteousness of the lord jesus formed within my spirit be free be thou set free in jesus name bam Amen. so go get your star thou and art loosed thou art loosed stay loosed stay loose Amen. be <laughs> stay filled with living water stay loose and praise the holy ghost i pray for an increase of hunger for the word, for the light of the word. You know, you have one person reading the word and they don't get much out of it. You have other people read the word, they'll go right into heaven. They'll have heavenly experiences the entire time. You know what it is? There's spirit man that's learned a hunger and thirst for righteousness. Righteousness is the heavenlies. 
So the, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness get filled. What are they getting filled with? The heavens. The heavens are my throne. The earth is my footstool. We come out of the footstool into the throne room by a hunger and thirst for righteousness, which I pray in Jesus' name would increase in all of your hearts and your minds that even your bones and marrow would thirst for the liquid glory of the Garden of Eden. Because when you're hungering and thirsting, you'll gladly pay for it, won't you? you gladly pay any price that is necessary when you're hungry and thirsty for something. No one's complaining. They're just happy they finally got it after they paid for it. Well, so it is with righteousness when you give up the sinful nature, when you give up the lust of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and all the appetites of the carnal nature. And so we're beginning to hunger for the things of oh the Garden of Eden. It's 7 o'clock, and I just realized we have this great new clock, so we know what day and what hour and what <laughs> evening, if it's evening or morning, is it pre-dawn or post-dawn? Amen. It, I just realized, hey, is that February 8th? Yeah. Today is my born-again birthday. Congratulations. Thank you. So I'll have to get my calculator out loud <laughs> if I know how old I am in Christ. But if you want to send me a birthday present, I won't be mad. You just drop, hit the links. I would love some shopping money or something. Go get a coffee. I'm about ready to leave the house for the first time since we yeah. got here. Yeah, let's you know? go check out the town. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Go celebrate being born again. Coming out of our prayer closet, brightening like the bright, like the noonday sun. Brightening. Pickled in the glory. Bright and sunshiny day. It's looking good. Amen. Sunshine, eternal summer is here to stay because the sun has risen in our hearts by paying close attention to the Word of God. I pray that becomes your focus, the prophetic word and prophecy of God's own living word, the light of the word in your hearts, that vision would increase in your minds and all the delusion of, of the chaos and the confusion of the world would just burn out of you by the holy fire of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I'll see you guys I'll next see time. you tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed viewers of RLM TV, thank you for joining us in this sacred space where we come together to explore the profound teachings of the Bible. Today, I stand before you to extend a heartfelt invitation to support RLM TV, a platform that endeavors to bring the timeless wisdom of the scriptures into the homes and hearts of believers around the world. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 7, we are reminded that wisdom is the principal thing, and with all our getting, we should get understanding. RLM TV is dedicated to providing that understanding to unravel the layers of divine knowledge embedded in the Holy Scriptures. Your support is crucial in allowing us to continue this noble mission. As we embark on this journey, let us draw inspiration from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, where Jesus instructs His disciples to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. RLM aspires to fulfill this divine commission by reaching out to souls across the globe, illuminating their lives with the light of God's Word. Your generous contributions play a pivotal role in sustaining this beacon of enlightenment. The Gospel of Luke chapter 6, verse 38 encourages us with the promise that when we give, it will be given to us in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. 
By supporting RLM TV, you are sowing seeds of spiritual abundance, not only for yourselves, but for countless others who will reap the harvest of God's grace through this ministry. In the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 10, we are challenged to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in God's house. RLM TV is that spiritual storehouse where the sustenance of God's word is shared abundantly. Your financial contributions ensure that the storehouse remains full, allowing us to continue feeding the hungry souls seeking nourishment for their faith. In conclusion, let us heed the words of Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, which assures us that our God will supply every need of ours according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. As you consider contributing to RLM TV, know that you are partaking in a divine partnership to spread the richness of God's glory through the medium of internet and television. Thank you for your attention, and may your hearts be moved to support RLM TV as we journey together in the pursuit of spiritual enlightenment and understanding. God bless you abundantly. Amen.